3: Yes, Brandon Bang and I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast is here. Haiti, have no fear on today's I Am Rap Report Stereo Podcast. The young shooter is back. Deuce Pacino, Deuce Collins is in to Casa Plus. January 6th, we remember and we celebrate the Day of the Dumb. The Day of the Dumb. We give it the title, The Day of the Dumb. And Harry Ballgame has a memoir coming out. Former Prince Harry has a memoir. Coming out and we could care less. All that and more on a fantastic, hard-hitting I am Rapport stereo podcast coming up right now. Miles Jordan, AK the Bleach Brothers, AK the Dust Brothers. Start this puppy up with something real nice, yes. Start this puppy off with something real loud, yes. But most importantly, start this puppy off with something real funky. I am rapaport stereo podcast. Liggity, let's go. Boom! There it is. Have no fear. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. My name is Michael Rappaport, aka the Salt the no Sniff, aka the Inflamed Ashkenazi, aka the Gringo Man Dingo, aka the White Chocolate Tito, aka Mister New York, and you are now rocking with the very very best. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is in Sukasa. Welcome to the Iron Dome of Disruption. Welcome to the the Ziggity Zone of Disruption. Yeah. As we uh, remember the Day of Remembrance, January 6th, aka the Day of the Dumb. We have a fantastic podcast in store for you because we have the part-time, sometime co-host with the most... They call him the young shooter. Some call him Deuce Collins. Some call him Deuce Cuddles. The Young Shooter is in Casa. Boom.
4: That they do, Michael. They, some people do call me that. And, and the Deuce Cuddles line, that that moniker is really uh that makes me happy, man. That, that actually makes me happy. I've retired Mr. Brazil. I've I've retired a couple of the monikers, but Deuce Cuddles, I really like that. Thank you, man. Yeah, well, may- how, how are you, man? Uh, Sorry, I just, I wanted to say I love this color palette going on. For the people that are watching it, like, you got the purple. It's, like, kind of a bluish-purple couch. You're all dark. You got the black mic, the black hat. Like, you you got a nice aura about you right now. Your aura is purple.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Shout out to the purple man himself, Prince. I appreciate that. I feel good. I'm looking good. Uh, appreciate the compliment. Happy to have you back. You really got that. That moniker down, part-time, sometime, co-host with the most, you never know when he's going to be here, when he's not going to be here, but when he comes, he brings the smiles, he brings the noise, he brings the boys and the girls, of course, you know, adult boys and girls. Um,
4: Yeah, adult girls, yeah, of course. The fuck are you talking? Well, about? Well, you know, boy, you got to be everything. Every I know you, you can't say girls. It's got to be women. Or I, it's, I, I don't know. He what. brings the
3: theys. He brings the thems. He brings the theirs. He brings the hims, The hers. The she's. You got to. You got to include everybody. It's me. Just, don't discriminate. No, I'm just trying to be inclusive.
4: Like that. Like that word too, man. That's I've never heard you say that in the, in the 20 years that I've known you. That's cool. Thank you. Let's just jump into it.
3: This podcast is being recorded on. January 6th, 2023, uh, a.k.a. the day of the dumb, remembering all things that happened on January 6th. And I'll just, you know, I was thinking about it. I know I was uh, living in Los Angeles at the time, still full time. And like everybody else, I was watching that situation unfold. And I was not totally surprised. Well, I was surprised that it, happened the way it happened, but the guy said, he said, January 6th is going to be nuts, January 6th is going to be wacky, January 6th is going to be wild, I'll see you on, he said it a few times, and and I took heed to what he said, because uh, on December 30th, after he said January 6th was going to be wacky, was going to be wild, I posted a video saying, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Obviously, when you saw it break down and unfold the way it did and continue to unfold the way it did that day, and it was like, is this going to continue to go on? Are they actually going to get in the building? Oh, my God, they're in the building. Are they actually going to go upstairs? Oh, my God, they're upstairs. Are they actually going to get on the Capitol floor? Oh, my God, they're going to get on the Capitol floor. Are they actually going to fight? Yes. Are they going to continue to fight? Oh, no. Are they beating up officers? Like, what the hell is going on here? And uh, that's when I also got my um, 150-day suspension on Facebook because I had went on social media and I had said, if this had been thousands of black people storming the Capitol, there'd be dead black bodies all over the Capitol building. There'd be black bodies bleeding out all over Washington, D.C. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. Obviously, like I said, he said January 6th was going to be hell. Why it was harder to break into an an Apple store yeah. during the George Floyd riots? Why it was harder to break into uh, the, the Montclair store in Soho than it was to get into the Capitol on
4: January 6th? I have no idea. Where were you? I honestly I don't remember where I was in that moment and I feel like I should remember where I was but but is that true like not one person got tased did anyone get tased did anyone get hit like did I what I don't remember anything happening to these people I do remember the guy with the lion skin whoever came in with that lion skin draped around him and like that that hat like I feel like he's like that's like the main guy. Like that's the most famous out of all of them. And I'm wondering like the majority of these people are all in jail now, right? They've caught all of them pretty much, right?
3: Yes. A lot of them got caught. A lot of them in jail, a Viking man, as I like to refer to him,
4: Viking man, he's in jail.
3: The guy who, uh, broke into a Pelosi's office and, uh, you know, stole the letter. He's in jail. There's a good amount of them in jail. Um, some of them aren't in jail and, um, a lot of them were hopped up on that QAnon. They they were right. hopped up on that Q. Uh, they were hopped up thinking that these emails that were being sent, we saw that documentary. These emails that were being sent by basically online scammers were coming from the president, Big Dick Donald Trump. I say that affectionately. Big Dick Donald Trump, Dick Stain Donald Trump, uh, Dog Shit Donald Trump. They thought that they were being told by him uh, via these emails, QAnon, uh, under the name QAnon, to do all this. It was all the election fraud. It was all, uh, will Mike Pence um, stand up and do the right thing? And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, the people that are on the side of pig dick Donald Trump, they're like, well, only this amount of people died, and it was only breaking and entering. It's like there wasn't enough carnage for for some people for it to be impressive. You need more dead police officers you need more dead people and and i'm always just like do you check on your brothers in arms do you check on your you know like on that day you guys were all together have you sent commissary to viking man have you well, sent, that, like, yeah
4: go ahead no i was gonna say that's my question like i feel like do these people get fan mail or is it like 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 are they writing to these people like jeffrey dahmer in prison like do you think that they have like do you think a lot of these people are celebrities now, like Viking Man? Do you think that he's got just like a slew of women who are just like, "I want to marry you," "I, I want to come visit you"? Like, do you think it's that same kind of thing of like, like the night stalker people like that? Is is it similar to that? A hundred percent.
3: Because we're talking about mental illness, we're talking about uh, like legions and legions of people that have no sense of self. The, the Donald Trump, pig dick Donald Trump, dick stain Donald Trump, uh, dog shit Donald Trump. He preys on the vulnerable. He preys yeah. on the people that have insecurities and that don't like. It's like as if the Beatles were telling fans to show up and storm the Capitol, right? Like he preys like these are fans. These are basically fans of Trump, and they he would have they would have done anything he said, and they they tried to do some wild shit, like they if they could have got their hands on old lady Nancy or Mike Pence or AOC or or any of these people in government who knows how bad things would have turned out because people came in there with bad bad agendas all in the name of Dickstane Donald Trump
4: yes i mean it's like a little cult like it's like it's like Jonestown almost it's like it's like he's fucking telling you to drink the Kool-Aid and you're going in there doing whatever this guy wants you to do i mean it's scary but but, yeah, I, do, I, I am curious about if anyone's visiting them in prison or, or writing them fan mail. I would love to see the fan mail they're getting, and I wonder if anyone's gotten married in jail. and All that. You know, they're like, yeah, so.
3: Do you like the name that I, I gave affectionately? January 6th, a.k.a. the Day, Day of the Dumb. of
4: the Dumb. I think that's like Dia de los Muertes, right? Is that kind of like the same thing with like Halloween? Yes. I feel like that should – I'm I'm shocked that that hasn't caught on with the rest of the world. But I think – I mean, what is the title of today? I mean, is, is it's the, January it's the 6th, anniversary.
3: It's January 6th Remembrance Day, a.k.a. the Day of the Dumb. Because obviously, most importantly, we want to remember the people – lives were lost – Capitol police officers' lives were lost, yeah. and that's first and foremost. Those people, those families, uh, also the other, uh, li- the people that were fighting, you know, like the capital people that didn't get killed, but that got, you know, beaten up, and 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 the trauma that c- comes with that. So, of course, you want to remember them first, and then uh, we call it Remember it's Day for them, and then we call it the Day of the Dumb for the people that stormed the Capitol, because we also want to... We want to remember them, and we want to remember that people are that dumb to do something in the name of a person that literally wouldn't spit on you if you were on fire,
4: right? And, and who had a cameo in Home Alone 2. So you to- uh, you talking
3: about dog shit, Donald Trump?
4: Yeah, I'm talking about dog shit, Donald Trump. And is, is this the one year anniversary? Two. This is two. This. What, what are you What are you smoking? Fucking what do you want? Mushrooms? No, I was just, I remember that we've celebrated this before, but I feel like it hasn't been a national holiday in the way that you're saying that it should be. I feel like it really hasn't been that like, it's the day of the dumb. It's January 6th. I feel like people don't really talk about it as much as they should each year. Like it should be, it should be like that. So you forget.
3: And he's gone but not forgotten. Because, you know, like, you see the comments, people are like, why are you still tr- talking about Trump? He's gone. He's not gone. His thumbprints are still all over the Republican Party who, this guy in Congress, Matt Gates, who appears to not have a bottom end or top lip. He's got, like, like, his shit was, like, lost in a fire. Like, he has no upper or lower lip. He looks like Jim Carrey in the mask. Like, his whole yeah. shit...
4: Just Are you yesterday. talking about Butthead? Is that is that Butthead? Who's ju- Or is that Beavis? Matt Gates got the butthead, right? He looks like Beavis and Butthead. Yes. He looks like Beavis and Butthead. Yes. He, like butt he looks like both of them. Somehow, right. And so do um Eric and, and uh Donald Jr. I don't know how, what the correlation is with that, but a lot of them look like Beavis and Butthead. So yeah, anyway. Anyway, yes, just the other day, he, while they're trying to get the uh, the speaker of the house
3: voted in, he said he was voting for Donald J. Trump. So you have Trump derangement syndrome, Matt Gates. You, you're still waiting for Daddy to come back and be the president, aren't you?
4: He's coming back, though. I think he is coming back.
3: Yo, never say never. He said he's coming back. Just like he said on January 6th, there will be hell. It's going to be hell. Yeah. So y- you got to take him seriously. I am Rapport Serial Podcast. Obviously, um, the... Uh, Demar Hamlin situation, the Buffalo Bill safety who collapsed on the field. There's been good news with that. That was a crazy story. Um, this morning it was the news came out that he spoke. The breathing tube was removed. You know, he, he's hopefully on his way to recover uh, from a freakish, crazy sort of once in a lifetime, hopefully, uh, just scary, scary incident that happened in the Buffalo Bills Cincinnati uh, Bengals game. Now we know that Deuce Collins doesn't watch a lot of sports, particularly football. Um, but you, you've been following
4: the story, right? I've been following. I mean, yeah, I heard about. I mean, were you were you watching that game as it mm-hmm. happened? Did I- you see? Because I haven't seen any. I haven't seen the clip. I haven't seen anything. I don't have an interest to see the clip. But like, were you watching that?
3: I was watching the game. I had uh, fantasy football ramifications. With that game, uh, and I was watching it live, and, you know, uh, you saw it, but you just thought maybe he had a concussion. You didn't think that it was something other than that, you know, and not to say that concussions aren't, like, serious, but we're used to seeing concussions in football. We're used to seeing concussions in, in boxing, in UFC, in mixed martial arts, but this was scary, you know, and you knew it was something unusual to see an ambulance come on the field, and, you know, normally when... Football players have been concussed, uh, you know, they'll wake up and then when they're being, you know, driven off the field, they'll give the thumbs up yeah. or some sort of sign. But this was totally different. And, and you know, you got the sense because they weren't saying, because I'm sure the NFL was like, do not say anything. Do not give any misinformation. Obviously, they're freaking out. Like, do we have a young man die on the field on a Monday night football game in prime time? Like, is this what, what's happening? And you know, apparently he had to be revived,
4: which is that insane. is insane, insane. And they and the NFL wanted to keep the game going, didn't they? I they, mean, they, wasn't that the whole?
3: They didn't know what was going on, so no, they didn't want to keep the game going. Listen, you know, there's. I feel like with this situation, it was so upsetting and so frustrating and so scary that people want to point fingers yeah. when unprecedented things happen. You know, you might not handle it as perfect as you would uh, if it happened all the time. I feel like the NFL handled it great. I feel like the broadcasters handled it as good as you can. Um, I feel like the decision not to play the game has been great. Um, It's great that this young man is is breathing. It was shocking. It was scary. I can't imagine, you know, those players on the field, like I said, you know, they've seen, they've probably all had concussions. They've probably all seen uh, their friends their teammates, opponents, you know, go down with concussions. And then, you know, they wake up. But when you're seeing somebody be given CPR.
4: It's, that's really frightening. And and thank God that he's woken up and all that stuff. And I heard that he, yeah, he, and didn't he say like, or didn't he write yesterday on a piece of paper? Like, did we win? That was yeah. like the first thing. The that, first
3: thing that he wrote was, did we win? Which is like some Rocky. Rudy. Yeah. That's like a movie moment. That's like, yeah, you, know, it like is. you know, like Rocky too. Uh, when Adrian. She wakes up out of her coma after having their first son, Rocky Jr. And, uh, um, you know, Rocky had been in the, in the church praying and Mickey was praying with him. And he said, uh, you know, he's trying to give him a motivational speech and Rocky wouldn't, uh, he just couldn't do it. And Paul, he was trying to give him a motivational speech and, and he wouldn't do it. And then finally, um, Adrian woke up out of her coma and Rocky uh, went to go see their little son who had great hair a beautiful, thick mane of black hair. And why wouldn't he have a thick mane of black hair? Because Adrian, of course, his mother has beautiful, thick black hair. And, of course, the Italian stallion has beautiful, thick black hair. And uh, um, she sees the kid. Uh, he sees the kid. And then Rocky in the room, he says to her, you know, if you don't want me mixing it up with Creed anymore, I won't do it. And she says, the, the one thing I want you to do is come here, come here. And she goes, win, win. And you see Rocky's face uh, uh, start to smile, and then you cut to Mick, and he goes, "What are we waiting for?" <laughs> goosebumps, that's, man! Yo. Yeah, that's a
4: movie, though, man. That, that I mean, that's a, it's a fucking movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's a movie. When I brought you through that scene, did you get goosebumps? Listen, I just worked my way up to Rocky one for the first time not too long ago, so I, I am with you on that, but. Anyway, that's a scary fucking moment, man. I, I, I didn't watch that, but I, and you know what? I wanted to ask you about this and I don't know if this is, you know, it's a personal question and all that kind of stuff, but you, um, you know, it's just speaking of like how, you know, freak accidents and things like that. And you know, you never know when someone can just like pass away right in front of you or have a heart attack or whatever. And like, weren't you with director? Ted Demi, who directed Beautiful Girls and the movie Blow, weren't you with him when he suffered a heart attack?
3: I was thinking a lot about that. I, I was thinking a lot about that this week. I was with him when the late great friend, he's a friend. Yeah, Ted Demi um had a heart attack and passed away. We were playing basketball, and it was a pickup. It was a celebrity pickup game. so it was an organized celebrity game. And, you know, we had been, you know, talking and, and we were on the bench and, you know, we were talking about this movie he was going to do and, you know, just regular n- nonsense. And then, and Ted got up and he said, let's go back in the game. And then he fell backwards.
4: Holy and shit. I, and
3: ever all the action was down this way. And, and Ted was this way. and And like, he said, let's go back in the game. And then he fell backwards and it was so exaggerated and so like dramatic for a second. I was like thinking maybe he's, like, playing, like it's a pratfall. And then, you know, like, the second later, you, you know, I went to go look at him, and, you know, he was struggling. And then, you know, I called for help, called for help, and, you know, it took, like, it it seemed like forever. It probably took five seconds to get everybody's attention because it was a big gym, and everybody was looking down that end. Yeah. And, you know, you knew what was going on. Like, I didn't know it was a heart attack, per se. I didn't know, but you knew that he was in serious, serious trouble, um, and he wasn't choking, and, you know, we were, he was, you know, I was looking at him, and, you know, my he just had a, a his son, he just had his second God. son, and I, you know, my kids would play with his kids, and, you know, his wife, Amanda, you know, I've known for years, and I'm friends with her since Beautiful Girls, and afterwards, and I had to call her, and, you know, met her at the hospital, it was a
4: fucking tragedy. You, you, you called, were you the first person to tell his wife? yeah. That is, man, that's a very traumatic experience to to be around. It was rocking. That.
3: It was, it, it rocked me. It rocked me. I mean, it was, it was devastating. It was devastating, obviously, for Amanda, you know, uh, uh, and his son never got to meet, you know, his father. Ugh. I mean, he had a baby. It was months after, you know, he had his son and I met her at the hospital and, you know, it was terrible. It was as terrible as you could imagine, and you know he was very, very, very well loved, and had a big family and a lot of friends, and you know he had, you know, hands and and ties into a lot of different people, and and was, it was devastating. It was it was it was a devastating situation to see that.
4: I mean, to see that and and to have that, you know, I mean, that's your friend and that's someone you've worked with and you know his family, and and not to mention he was what was he thirty eight years old. He yeah. was young. Young. I mean, he, it wasn't like you know someone who's in their sixties nope. or whatever. I mean, and and there wasn't any signs that Nope. like there wasn't any telltale signs right before it happened. No, nope. you, you were saying we, that you were was talking about it. We was were fine. playing
3: ball. We were we were playing basketball, full court basketball, which you know we played all the time. You know, and that, Ted Ted was a heavy set dude, but he was an athletic heavy set dude. You know, he was just yeah. like one of those, you know, dudes. So it was, it was terrible, and you know to. You know, hopefully this kid, Damar Hamlin, makes it out of it. But you know, to go yeah. through that fear of what those players witnessed, I'm sure you know they're never going to you know be the same. You know, no. hopefully, you know this kid's going to make a full recovery. And they're saying is, but it, it definitely this week. I was like, that was,
4: oh, that God. was crazy. I, I, I can't imagine. I and mean, I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know, you don't really talk about that, obviously, but like that's a very traumatic experience, and just like a, a crazy week for. A lot of stuff, like like the Jeremy Renner with the snowplow fall, like, and then the guy who created DC Shoes died in a freak snowmobile accident where it fell on him. It was just like a whole bunch of shit was going on. Like it's the start of the year, but it it just, you never know when it's your
0: time. Life is short. It's really sad. I am Podcast. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's Dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry, I'm late, everyone. It was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered.
0: <sighs> Good one, Dad.
5: We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: There's rain out in California, Northern Cal. Like, are you... Are you, you got like a rowboat? Like, what are we dealing with? What kind of rain are you
4: dealing with? No, and I I fucking love the rain. And I saw like on Twitter, Pineapple Express was trending. I thought like maybe a lot of people were watching the movie lately. I thought like that was just like on HBO or something. But I guess that's what they're calling the latest storm out in Northern California, the Pineapple Express. They couldn't um, come up with something
3: different for that?
4: I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's very fitting for California, but it was raining like fucking crazy on New Year's. There was, I mean, you couldn't do shit on New Year's. It was pouring out, and um, I've been kind of sick the past fucking week. It's not COVID, but I have had a lump in my throat for the past week. I don't know what the fuck is going on. So I did jack shit on New Year's. I, I, you know what I ended up doing on New Year's was I ordered a pizza and I ended up watching the absolute classic movie from 2007, No Country for Old Men, oh, directed snap. by the Coen brothers, because I saw, I'm trying to think of, I want to find this article about, do you remember what what, what that article was about Javier Bardem's about character? No, no
3: Country for Old Men, about Javier Bardem, there were like psychologists and psychiatrists, you know, talking about how he played like mental ill, like a psychopath, you know, it was the best portrayal of a psychopath or something like that?
4: Yeah, it was, um, Psychiatrists studied 400 movies to find the most realistic psychopath, and um, Anton Chigurh, who Javier Bardem played uh, in No Country Old Men, was the most realistic psychopath next to, I think, I don't know if it was Heath Ledger in, in The Dark Knight, or if it was, uh, what's his name, from Silence of the Lambs?
3: Oh, 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 um, Hannibal Lecter's.
4: Yeah, Hannibal Lecter. But anyway, it, that Hannibal article, Lechters. I was like, Hannibal oh,
3: Lecter's. It's Lecter's.
4: It's Hannibal Lecter's. No it's, it, no, it's Hannibal Lecter. No, the guy's name is Hannibal Lecter's. I thought it was Hannibal Lecter. Lecter's.
3: It's Hannibal Are Lecter's. Are you sure? It's Hannibal Lecter's. Trust me.
4: Okay, I'll trust you. I guess I'll trust you. I've Jody never heard that. Forster
3: and Hannibal Lecter's.
4: No, Jody Foster. Jodie Foster.
3: Forrester and Hannibal Lecter. That's what I said.
4: Oh, you're, oh, you're full of shit. You're full of shit. Jodie Forrester and Hannibal Lecter. Are you fucking... What are you talking about? What are you what what are talking, you talking about? about?
3: Hannibal Lecters and Jodie
4: You're. I, I'm fucking done with this conversation. I can't take you seriously. But but, No Country for Old Men is a fantastic rewatch. I can watch that movie at any time that it's on TV. But I, I watched it and I was like, damn... 2007 and and you know what that that movie single-handedly like catapulted javier bardem and josh brolin into like a-list status because josh brolin you know he'd done the goonies when he was young in the 80s and you know bit parts here and there all that stuff but then he did quentin tarantino's movie grindhouse which was it was split between Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino it was like the two movies, but he had a part in Grindhouse, and Quentin Tarantino actually shot his audition tape for no country for old men on like the most incredible camera. It was like one of the most expensive audition tapes you could, you could do like Robert Rodriguez shot it and Quentin directed it. Are you and they serious? Sent it to I didn't the... know that. Yeah. 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 And he was like really wanting that part, like really working hard. Because it, it was the last part cast, and then Javier Bardem was first, then Tommy Lee Jones, and then they needed like this every guy, every man, Josh Brolin's character. And on the set of Grindhouse, Quentin directed it. They sent it to the coen brothers they still wanted to see him in person all wow. that stuff but he ended up getting cast and you know and, and now it's like fucking josh brolin is huge and javier bardem it's one of the most iconic villains in cinema history and uh I, but it, it started making me think about because i remember 2007 so well and and i think no country got um i think that one best picture too in, in 2007 what and other, I just came, remember what other Infra-
3: films came out in 2007
4: I just remember There Will Be Blood came out in 2007. No Country for Old Men. I remember the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford with Brad Pitt. That's an Um, underrated movie. The
3: the assassination of Jesse James is an underrated movie.
4: Amazing. Uh, Also totally underrated. A lot of like Western kind of movies came out like 310 to Yuma. Shout out to Logan Lerman and that and Christian Bale and Russell Crowe.
3: We're going to get also, to Logan Lerman. I'm going to put a pin in Logan Lerman. Cause I got something to say to him. Go ahead.
4: Okay. Uh, wasn't a uh, Eastern promises gone, baby gone. Zodiac, the Fincher movie Zodiac. And then and then there were some classic uh comedies like Super came out that year, Damn. Juno came out that year. It was just I just remember that year in particular was like one of the greatest years for movies. I just I fucking loved that year. But No Country for Old Men. Rewatch that movie. I'm, I'm gonna
3: rewatch that. And you mentioned Logan Lerman, 310 to Yuma. It's funny because Logan Lerman, uh, one of the stars with Al Pacino and Jennifer Jason Lee. Of the Amazon Mm. show called... What is it called? Hunters. Hunters. I actually just hit Logan Lerman, who I've known for years. Before Mm. he could drive, when he had his Justin Bieber haircut. Yeah. Logan Lerman, who um, I would say I looked after. Good friend of yours. Doing a show with Al Pacino on the press tour with Al Pacino for the second season of Hunters. And I reached out to Logan today. I said, hey,
4: I see you and Al... Because he's, like, friends with Al Pacino. Not only has he worked with him, but, like, yeah. Like, he's shown me text messages of Al Pacino, like, texting him. And, like, them having, like, back-and-forth conversations with each other. Like, I love you and all that. Like, it's fucking crazy.
3: Right. So, what we're going to do is we're going to try to get Logan and Al Pacino to come on the I Am Rapaport Stereo Podcast. And basically... Logan, you're gonna be like an assistant because if you come on with Al Pacino, (laughs) I'm not even asking you anything. Like you could go get coffee. You could like you're like a plant. If you come on the TV, like you're (laughs) literally like a plant. Just take a nap, get on your phone. Like you're bringing him there, and then it's not like I'm gonna be like. So Logan, what do you think? It's all Al, everything. I want Al Pacino on the out. But I I wouldn't say that.
4: I wouldn't say that because it's like then you're using Logan to get to Al Pacino, and if he hey, knows Logan that, he's not for gonna.
3: He Logan, like when he was like a teenager with his Justin Bieber haircut. Yeah, they, that's fine. What am I gonna be like? Oh, I want to interview you and Al. I don't care about you, Logan. I love you.
4: <laughs> but I'm not interviewing you. Like We used your your house as an escape to smoke weed and, and drink a little bit. And right. you know, I don't want to implicate you in any, any allegations there, but you know, but we did smoke weed at your so house. So now it's when time, we to, Now
3: it's time to return the favor and bring Al return home. Return the favor. Bring Al home. Bring the IM Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Because we have some great interviews coming up. We got Hall of Famer, two-time Olympic champion, one of my favorite players from Brooklyn, New York, Chris Mullen. Uh, we got mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin coming up. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We got my man to catch a predator, Chris Hansen. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. You're a big Chris Hansen, I am a Ra- uh, Catch a Predator fan.
4: I I am so excited, I mean, because you're saying Alec Baldwin, you're saying all these amazing people, and then you say Chris Hansen, and I'm like, my fucking ears perk up. I'm like, I've watched every episode. I've seen every episode of To Catch a Predator. I love it. Perverted Justice was the group that they used to catch these motherfuckers um, that lured them in with 13-year-old boys, and I know you had that podcast with him. I'm jealous I wasn't there. I want to know if you asked him the hard-hitting question, because I don't know if you know why the show ended. Why, I'm why, not sure you know what, why, why did they got to him Catch that. a Predator.
3: Why, why did Catch a Predator end?
4: You, you didn't ask him that, did you?
3: No. Well, why did it end? Because if I was there, I would ask him okay, that. Okay, but I you put weren't there, motherfucker. Him. You're barely here right now if I, if I was that's, there. It's like a fucking arm twist to get you here for just for me.
4: Well, why did that's it end? That's not fucking true, man. But the show ended because on one of their last sting operations that they ever did... They caught some guy, not some guy. He was a district attorney in Texas. He was a district, a DA in Texas who was talking to a 13-year-old boy, Mm. all sorts of weird shit going on. And when they did the sting operation on him and they had the SWAT team or they had the police officers standing by ready, you know, because that's what happens. They come in and tackle them and arrest them and all that stuff. The guy ended up killing himself in front of the entire crew and shot himself In front of Chris Hansen? In front of Chris Hansen, in front of the whole oh, camera crew, shit. in in front of everybody. And they asked Chris Hansen about it later on and been like, yo, how do you feel about that? And he says, I don't lose any sleep over it. I don't care about it. I lose no sleep over it. And that's what it was. But that's why they canceled wow. the show. Is because someone ended up killing themselves wow. in front of the entire camera wow. crew.
1: Wow, wow,
3: wow. Well, it's a great interview with Chris Hansen to catch a predator. And I'll give you a sneak peek preview of something. I got yeah. Chris Hansen, who essentially is the sick fuck of the week whisperer, to do the sick <laughs> fuck of the week with me. Epic.
4: Epic. I can't wait for this episode. I'm so excited. I I feel like you two together, that's that's a fucking interesting duo right there.
3: Yeah, so we got that. We got Alec Baldwin, Chris Mullen, Chris Hansen. Uh, we're trying to get Logan Lerman and Al Pacino. I'll put your name first. Logan Lerman and Al Pacino. But really, like, just Al Pacino. And uh, <laughs> you, you know, we were, you you know, you brought up uh, um, "No Country for Old Men" the other day. Robert Duvall, the great, the great, sort of sometimes underappreciated, underrated, totally understated actor, Robert Duvall, turned ninety-two years old. Ninety-two. He's still alive. I don't know if he plans on acting anymore, but what a fucking career, Robert Duvall has had from To Kill a Mockingbird to The Godfather, uh, to The Godfather Part Two, Colors, to, you know, Apocalypse Now. But what does that have to surf? do with No
4: Country for Old Men? What'd you say? What does that have to do with No Country for Old Men? Because I was
3: thinking of Tommy Lee Jones as the same kind of oh, actor. Oh, right, right,
4: right. Same you know, to- just these totally, these totally.
3: sort of, you know, so is Josh Brolin, like understated actors. And I was, the great Santini, which is just such a great film. And... Robert Duvall, um, he's so good. And, you know, he's the kind of actor who looks like he's not acting. You know, he's the kind of actor that you don't see any tricks. You don't see any bells and whistles. Like, when he is on screen, you totally believe every single thing that he's saying. And he's done performance after performance after performance. Um, And so many films for so many years. And in my opinion, he acted and directed in one of the one of the, the great actor-director performances ever, The Apostle, which, you know, I remember mm-hmm. when The Apostle came out, which he acted and directed, like he plays this crazy preacher who's like self-destructing, it's so good, and I would see him out to dinner, you know, like during that award season time, and, you know, got to talk to him a little bit, and he's just exactly what you would think, he was just straight up regular dude, cool dude, You know, he directed another film, which I don't know where it is. I was looking for it the other day when I saw it was his birthday. A really unique, totally uh, independent film called Angelo, My Love, which uh, really inspired uh, visually the movie um, Kids. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's just a dope New York uh, film about, like, these New York gypsies. He directed that. And just Robert Duvall is so sick. He's so sick and so good and was so good and uh, for so long in so many films And like I said, you know, he's like an actor who looked like he was never acting, ever. Like he just, you just totally Mm -hmm. believed him in every single film. So shout out to the great, great Robert Duvall. Happy birthday, 92nd birthday.
4: I think I was with you at The Grove back in 2006. I have this vivid memory of being at The Grove in 2006 and we were eating at a restaurant and he was walking by and you were like, oh shit, that's Robert Duvall. And I think you stopped him and you guys had a conversation with each other. And I remember being like, oh shit, you're talking to Robert Duvall. That's fucking crazy. I always, I always remember that. I think
3: I remember that. We were eating at that place outside of the movie theater. They changed yes. it.
4: L- yup. L- right next to the movie theater and he walked by in like probably 06. Damn, you got a good memory. I am Rappaport Podcast.
0: This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's Dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered.
0: (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs)
5: We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now.
3: In other news, Princess Harry, sorry, (laughs) I mean Prince Harry, is continuing to just slut his entire life out for money. Princess Harry, sorry, Prince Harry is coming out with a book, a memoir, which he allegedly got paid $20 million to write. And... I guess if they said, listen, we're gonna tell you, we're gonna give you $20 million, you better dig deep and come up with something. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you, your life is not that interesting. So you better just, every single weird personal detail, we're gonna need that for this $20 million, homie. And uh, it's looking like he's brought all the goods. He's talked about, I mean, you know, first of all, you would think with Megan and him, all the things that they said about, Uh, The royal family, like, did they call her the N-word? Did they call her, like, where's the smoking gun? Like, you know, where's the smoking gun? Because they made it seem like they were, like, in some sort of, like, prison camp over there.
4: Because Harry just seems like he's throwing a ton of shit at the walls to see what sticks at this point. Because it's like, I don't know what, I, I mean, he's like Will Smith right now. You're just divulging fucking everything. No one no one cares. No one wants to know what's going on in your person. I mean, a lot of people do want to know, but I personally don't. I'm so fucking sick of hearing about it.
3: Well, do you want to care? Do you want to know that Prince Harry's actually circumcised? This is in the book.
4: Is he? But, I, I didn't know that. That is interesting, actually. That's interesting whether Prince Harry's, you, you were curious about that? Well, I, I didn't, I'm usually it's like for Jewish people. I didn't know, you know, I mean, it seems like that's like a rite of passage for Jewish people. So you're glad that he divulged that, that in the book that he's, circ- you see, that's something that people want to know. You know what I mean? Like all the other shit I, I could care less about, but it's like, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. It gives it, it paints a whole new picture on, on who he is. So I'm, that's, that's an interesting fact about him, I guess. Oh, So
3: you're not mad that he, that he shared that information. You're actually, Oh, that, well, that's worth the 20 million
4: I, I think if you're getting paid $20 million, we want to hear, are you circumcised or not? Just answer the question.
3: Right. I get it. I understand. Right. For $20 million, you, we, that that's the tip of the iceberg. No pun intended. huh? Right.
4: Huh.
3: Huh. Right. Tip, circumcised, get of it? And
4: the, huh. the iceberg because it's Titanic.
3: Well, no, not not the, the – what does the iceberg have to do with – Oh, man. Wow. All right. <laughs> he also <laughs> talks about his circumcised dick – freezing when he was skiing once um, okay I mean it just the, the, <laughs> one piece of mundane information after uh, another piece of mundane information and I'm just like you just you're just a, you're just whoring yourself out and Megan's mm-hmm. got a book coming out I'm like your life is not that interesting you're like a you know like a working actress who was married once you're like why are you writing a memoir like who Gives a shit about your life, Megan, and Harry. Like the fact that, like, you're in there talking about you froze your little dick off when you were skiing, and that you, the little dick that you 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 got frostbitten on is circumcised. I don't care about any of this. And then he's talking about um, the big news is that him and his brother. Uh, I don't know if he's princess or prince or king or soon to be king or he's just Charlie Charlie ball game. Like, the big news is that him and Charlie, his brother Charlie, got into a fight. No,
4: his brother's not... Oh, Charlie, right, isn't right, Isn't it Charlie, Charles? Yeah. Prince Charles? Charles, ha- Charles, yeah. And then he calls him Harold. I, I heard in the book that he called him Harold. I thought that was cool, too. He, he said, like, relax, Harold. Like oh, he, during the he, incident? He, yeah, he said something about Harold. I thought that was really tight that he called him Harold.
3: But, but the big breaking news is that Prince Charles and Prince Harry, the two brothers got into a fight one time uh, before a wedding and uh, Charles pushed down Harry and Harry fell in the dog bowl and and, <laughs> and his, his ass got wet and the dog bowl broke. And I'm like, this is what you're talking about? And like you're making it seem like what else are you supposed to do with your brother except for get beaten up, harassed, and harangued by your sibling? That's what siblings do. Like my brother once chased me into a, a bathroom and broke the door down with a hockey stick like, right. I, like that's fun that's, like, just, that, that's what it's that's what life is about that's like the the joy and that's the benefit of having a sibling like i threw a dart in my brother's face once that's dope that
4: is dope like a dart like like an actual dart with like the fucking uh i
3: threw a dart right into his cheek and let me tell you something wow. the next time i threw darts he wasn't standing so fucking close
4: <laughs> right you know right, what I mean, man? See, that's just that's just isn't that just called having a brother? That's you just know. Having, I mean, my
3: yeah, like he's like, oh, Charles pushed me down, like you little bitch. You sound
4: like a bitch, man. Yeah, You sound like a pussy. I like, mean, you got my siblings. siblings and I. Yeah, my my siblings and I we used to just physically attack each other often. You know, sometimes for fun, sometimes not for fun. But you know, I have I have two i I have two older brothers. It was basically. WWE whenever we were trying to figure out who, who was going to play video games. You know, I didn't write a book about it. I understood that's a rite of passage when when you're a younger sibling. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, like, I had so many things that happened to me. I mean, like, like did like they ever one beat time my the brother, shit out of you? Did your brothers ever, like, fucking I didn't, kick your ass? I didn't get my ass beat. There were other, like, ways... Because, because
3: I got to tell you, now that I've asked that question, like, if I was your older brother, I would fucking kick your ass all the time. The, I, All I understand the time. what you're saying
4: I don't know why I don't understand why you're saying that like you still want to do that like you you got like a look in your eye where you're like i I kind of still want to do that
3: like you guys just celebrated the holidays it was hanukkah New mm-hmm. year did your two brothers and your sister jump
4: you over the holidays mm-hmm. no not we don't really fight like that and I've thought about what you're saying and I think that maybe I'd be better off in life had I been beaten had my father beat me if my brothers like physically really attacked me in, in like a really bad way. I think that like I would be stronger and I and I wouldn't look like I have this punchable face because like I've, I've, I've heard that from like time and time again. I've heard that from two different people in my life. Like you have a punchable face and maybe it's because it, it didn't get punched and there wasn't any of that residual damage that, that happened to me. And I think that maybe I would have been better off. But my, you know, my brother, like he set my hair on fire as a kid. Right, Um. that's good. You know, there was actually one time where my brother, he put me in a cardboard box outside by the mailbox and and he addressed it to africa and you know he gave me a blanket and and some oreos to keep me quiet and and thankfully my mom came home and and she noticed that i was in this box like they they tried to mail me to another country like they didn't want me i guess you could say my brother pursued a career in human trafficking you know back then Um, that's what he he should be doing my my brother once
3: sprayed sprayed my dick with brute cologne and it's. No, I think that's just
4: looking out for you.
3: No, it stung so bad. He sprayed my cock and balls, which I'm not going to divulge here, like fucking Harry, whether I'm circumcised or not, because no one cares. Um, he sprayed my cock and balls with brute cologne one time. My brother was beating me up so bad, and I remember he was in his underwear, his tighty whiteies. This is before they started wearing making boxer shorts and he was beating me up so bad, uh, the only way I could get him off me is I stuck my finger up his ass. I mean, these things happen, Harry. What? You, you, no, that you, you, doesn't... Your, your brothers beat you so bad where the only way to, to get them off you was to stick your finger up their ass, right?
4: Right? No, that that's never happened to me. I think that that's like you maybe exploring your sexuality in a weird, incestual way because you were confused. That's fine, but that's strange. You see, you're talking about things that like I don't think a lot of other people... Can relate to. I I never put my finger up my brother's ass as a a kid.
3: I didn't say I got to the knuckle. I am saying that, listen, I deserved whatever I got. When my brother would take it to the level where, like, I was scared, I deserved it. I harassed and harangued uh, my brother all the time. So if I said stop and he didn't stop, I deserved it. But at a certain point when you say give, stop, oh, I'm hurt – and you don't get off and i'm trying to get him off and i'm trying to and he's stronger than me he's bigger than me i'm going to i to get, get creative. i'm going to get out by any means necessary and that particular time I, like i said i didn't go knuckle deep i probably went just a little bit past the fingernail but,
4: but i stuck I hope my not, finger right that's up called his fisting. Ass. i stuck that's my called finger that's called fisting <laughs> That that's what you didn't go knuckle deep, like you have to like explain. You didn't go knuckle deep. The fact that you even had like a fucking just the tip of your finger up there is disgusting. But How you didn't am I supposed to get deep. him
3: off? He's stronger than me. I was probably like nine, he's eleven, he's you know, he's stronger than me. I couldn't get him off. He had on his underwear. Oh. I maybe I, I I had to get him off. The only way I, I it was like a dog. You know they say when when like dogs pit bulls when they've latched onto somebody they say to stick your finger up their ass to get them mm-hmm. off somebody.
4: I saw there was a fight at like Madison Square Garden. I remember seeing a fight where people were like tackling each other and they were punching each other and some random guy came up behind the other guy and put his finger up his ass and it like stopped the whole fight. That's like what it I'm literally saying.
3: stopped. It's a self-defense it's, it, I, mechanism. Listen, right. I was in a street fight, the guy bit my ear.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's the
3: same type of thing. It's like you're losing the fight, bite his ear. You're losing the fight, stick your finger up his ass. There's no
4: shame in the game. By all means necessary. Yeah, I, I understand that. You have weird, like, when I was nine, my brother made me, like, go to my neighbor's house and steal paint cans and ladders and all sorts of hardware from our neighbor's house so that he could build a fort. And that neighbor actually called the cops, and I was almost arrested for attempted robbery back then. Like, we literally, we, like... You might have a book in you. You might have a biography book. Being that, like, you know,
3: I'm sure you'll do your book for, like, way less than Harry did.
4: Oh, yeah, easily. I, I mean, I'm i not writing a book. But absolutely. Pay me like a couple hundred dollars. I'll, I'll get on that book. Simon & Schuster, if you're listening, I'm fucking here, man. We should write. Maybe we should work on that together. But it's just a part of having a sibling. And um, it, that's some real pussy Stop shit. Stop whining. I, I don't
3: know. You got your fucking your Netflix docu series. Now you, you and Megan are both writing books. Like... God damn. And like your lives yeah, are lot. not that interesting. You're not that interesting. You're not victims. Like you said, you didn't want anything to do with the Royal family, but all you do yeah. is talk about the Royal family. Like just move on with your life. Go away somewhere. Like, like get out of here, man.
4: I agree. You know, having you as a brother, that would God. Just thinking about that, that would be a fucking nightmare. Oh, if that, I was that a big would brother be... to
3: you, I would fuck you up,
4: man. Oh, that would be a fucking nightmare, man. And I I bet you a lot of
3: people feel that way like, oh yeah, if Dean Collins is my little brother, I'd be beating his ass all the time. I bet you a lot of people watching this and a lot of people listening are like, oh yeah, if that was my little brother, oh, I'd be fucking him up real nice and real proper like, oh yeah, I bet you a lot of people are feeling that way.
4: That makes a lot of sense as to why your brother doesn't even live in America at this point. Because he's in Canada, right? He had to get the fuck away from your ass. He had to literally flee the country so that he doesn't have to see your face every day. I mean, you are a fucking terror. And if I was your brother, I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be moving to fucking England, too. I'd be moving to Canada. I'd go anywhere I could to not be in your presence. Fuck Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that shit. I'd start a whole new life without you. Finally,
3: I would be remiss if I didn't come clean About how upsetting the last 24 hours has been for me personally as a Real Housewives fan. It has been brutal. We all know that I love my Real Housewives. It's sports and it's reality TV starting with the Real Housewives of... Beverly Hills, Dubai, Salt Lake City, (laughs) Dallas, Jersey, New York, Potomac, and now, of course, a great season of Miami. (laughs) And in the last 24 hours, we've lost two of the great modern era housewives of all time. Um, Jen Shaw... From the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, as of the recording of this I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast, has been sentenced to six and a half years in prison for Whoa. wire fraud charges. This case has been looming for about a year and a half. She finally got sentenced earlier today, six and a half years. And of course, the the victims are the ones who really suffered because allegedly... You know, she she took advantage of older people and this company uh, that she had started. You know, they were they were fucking people over. They were taking their money and taking advantage of people. And you know, some of the victim statements have been read online, and it's terrible what she's done. And unfortunately, as entertaining as she's been for the last few seasons on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, it's unacceptable uh, what she's done. And um, she's going to jail for six and a half years. It sucks. For her, it sucks even more for the victims. It sucks for the fact that she's a mother, a wife uh, to younger kids or to a younger kid. I mean, you have to be out of your mind to know in your heart that you're doing illegal shit. And to know in your heart that you're doing illegal shit and then to go, yeah, I'm going to go on a real housewife's television show on bravo like yeah like you have to be fucking like in serious serious denial to be doing that so she's going to jail for six and a half years she's been wildly entertaining off the cuff nuts she seems to still be in denial about what she's done uh that's what made her great because she's nuts she
4: you know I she, feel... she was in my dms i don't know if i told you that she was in my dms wow She was in my DMs. I don't, you know, you know me, I don't watch Real Housewives and all that. But I think I asked you, I was like, who's this woman, Jen Shaw? She's following me. She's liking everything. She's commenting on everything. And she was in my DMs. And, you know, way back when I was considering answering her and maybe potentially going on a date because, you know, I was rejected by the queen, Erica Jane. And, you know, she was my first pick. And so I had to go for second best and you know, Jen Shaw seemed like a viable option. And, and man, I'm all I could say is I'm kind of glad I didn't open up that DM. I could have been going in there with her. I could have been, been in the slammer with her. You,
3: who knows what kind of fraud you could have been linked into? She saw a sucker in you, and maybe she wanted <laughs> right. to bring you down also.
4: And, Potentially, but anyway, that's, yeah.
3: And that was just, you know, that sucks uh, for Real Housewives of Salt Lake City fans, and of course it sucks for the people that were taken advantage of um, by Jen Shaw and her accomplices. And even more devastating, the great Lisa Rinna from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is not coming back for the next season. And I got to be honest, like, this is not shtick. If you watch the shows like I watch them, think about if, like, Ross wasn't coming back to Friends. Mm-hmm. Or Rachel wasn't this is coming like back death. to what?
4: It's, it's like a death. It's like you're grieving this character or this woman on this show. I mean, you sound like it. You sound like you're really upset by it.
3: Really upset. I'm sitting shiva. I'm mourning the loss <laughs> right. that we, the fans, are, are going to have to deal with with Lisa Rinna not returning to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I will be the first to tell you, Lisa Rinna has annoyed me. She has frustrated me. She has um, infuriated me at times. But when I'm able to separate church and state like any smart Real Housewives of Beverly Hills television fan, I am able to separate that we need her to drive you nuts. We need her to frustrate with you. We need her to infuriate you. We need we need her to, to make you angry. And then people go, it's good she's left. It's good she's gone. Bye, a You deserve it. Uh-oh, we don't need the toxicity. And I'm like... What are you watching The Real Housewives for if you're right. not watching for at least some
4: toxicity?
3: We want yeah, you want a dumpster fire.
4: What? You want a fucking dumpster fire when you're watching this shit. I mean, what's the point of watching?
3: Yeah, of course. You know, certain people uh, want the bags and the diamonds and the outfits and the houses. That That's all the costume. But what we re- really brings you back week after week, episode after episode, is the craziness. Is the toxicity. We we don't want people beating each other up. Yes, things got dark with Rinna. Yes, things got dark with uh, Rinna, Kathy Hilton, and Kyle. Yes, things have gotten dark with Erica Jean. Yes, things got dark on the Real Housewives of New York. Yes, things got dark on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Yes, things have gotten dark on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yes, things get dark in the Real Housewives. That's a fact. But without things getting dark... When they get light, when that sun comes out, we wouldn't appreciate it the way we do. So I am mourning the loss of the great Lisa Rinna. I am upset with the fans that are celebrating her departure from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And now she will be missed, my friends. Oh yeah, she will be missed. And heading into next season, it's basically Erica Jane versus them all. And all I could say to you, Erica Jane, is sharpen up them claws, sharpen up them claws, because you're queen bee all by yourself, and they're all going to be coming for you. Because Lisa ain't there, things done changed on Rodeo Boulevard, and I'm upset about it. And I think when when Lisa or uh, Renee is gone for a season, we will appreciate how fantastic she has been for all these. Seasons. Yeah, you're damn right I'm upset she's left, Dean.
4: Well, can I can I ask you a question about this? Cause I know you're you're so passionate, you're so fiery about it. You really are like the king of the real housewives. Like I've never seen anyone <laughs> it's I don't know, it's just funny that you are that how much you love it, but like excuse me, you know you excuse me, I don't think it's funny. No, it's not I don't no, think I'm it's not funny. Fun I'm
3: mourning you... right now. So go on.
4: I I understand. I don't want to fucking rain on your parade or anything, but you are notorious for like no, you know, you've been on the panels. You've gone to BravoCon. You know, all these people, you know, Erica Jane, you know, Lisa Rinna. I feel like, you know, all the housewives and I, and you have the inside scoop as to how these housewives really are outside of the show. And like, my question to you is like Lisa Rinna and like Erica Jane and all these people, Is it an act like what, like, what, what is it like outside of the show? How, like, what are these people like outside of the show? Like, what are your interactions? Very good question. I will say this. I have such admiration, such
3: respect for all those housewives that I've met. And I've never spent any real, real human quality time with them. And to be honest, I don't try to, I respect their space I respect the boundaries. Um, I don't want to know what's behind the curtain. I don't know what's an act, what's not an act. As far as I'm concerned, when it says the real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I take it at face value. Uh, These people are entertainers. Whether they're aware how great they are, or totally unaware how great they are, they are entertainers. They bring joy. They bring chaos. They bring conversation. Uh, And to, to try to Get rid of any one of them because you don't like their toxicity. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So to answer your question, I haven't spent that much time with them. I've met a bunch of them in passing, of course, as an honored guest. An honored guest on Watch What Happens Live. I met a bunch of them as an honored panelist at the 2020-22 Bravo Con. But I don't try to get into their business or try to get to know them uh, any more than as a fan. I'm a fan. And I respect my place as a fan, and I respect Lisa Rinna's place as a queen. A queen, okay, of the Real Housewives. Excuse me, of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm done. I can't go on. Are you happy about that now? I can't go on. (laughs) No, end. Excuse me, I want to end the show now. It's That's your show. I, I, I was just asking a question. God I, I, damn it. it I'm talking. Question. I'm ending the show. I don't want to talk about the real housewives anymore. It's too upsetting. I'm going to go home and sit shiva. We came, saw, we disrupted. We came, saw, we disrupted the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Uh, Miles Jordan, a.k.a. The Bleach Brothers. Take us out of here with something real proper. Take us out of here with something uh, real loud, but most importantly, take us out of here with something real funky. I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We're out.